some things. I want you to stay with me because I'm going somewhere. You, gotta, you, gotta, you have to stay with me this morning. So, so God is kind of like, God is, God is squishing some stuff out of us. He's remaking us. He's reforming us. He's putting us through some fire. And, and sometimes, how many know that the clay, the stuff got to go through some fire? How many know God had to take us through some fire sometimes so that we'll come out like gold? Is anybody hearing what I'm having to say? We got to go through some stuff. We got to, how many know fire don't feel comfortable? But, but when you come out of the thing... Oh, boy, somebody say, oh, you look good. Something's been happening. What's been happening? But I've been through it. Mm. But we're his workmanship. I want you to understand that as the, the clay is being abused, <laughs> it's being fashioned into something beautiful. How God uses trials and difficulties to make us more fruitful. James 1. Go to James 1. I want you to go. I want you to lay your eyes on this one. James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Verses 2 down to verse number 4. It says, my brethren, <laughs> count it all joy. Everybody say joy. Now watch. When you fall into various trials. Now, you know, the Bible is, is amazing because various mean all kinds of trials. Trials that include your trials, because I know sometimes we think our trials is just unique and maybe God missed this one. Anybody ever thought that your situation was so bad that ain't nobody in the world went through what you're going through? Not true. As bad as your situation might be, it ain't new. Trust me. God, he says, count it all joy when you fall, when, 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 not if, when, y'all getting this? You fall what, into various trials. I mean, all kinds of trials, all kind of stuff. But watch this. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, and having nothing. I like how the New Living Translation says, says it. It says, consider it an opportunity for great joy when you face various trials. Watch this. Sickness, pain, hardships, broken relationships, financial hardships, problem children, difficult, whatever, various trials. He says, look at it as an opportunity for joy. Why? Here it is right here. Because the testing of your faith is going to produce patience. Now, how many know that your faith only grows when it gets tested? Oh, y'all hearing that? You want your faith to be big? You got your faith got to be tested. Don't just talk a good game. That's why I trip with people who like to talk about stuff they ain't never experienced. Watch. The way God grows your faith is he puts you through a test. That's how he does it. Jesus himself was tested. Pastor, you just said something that just flat. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Then the Bible, the Bible says, I believe in Matthew chapter 4 and says, I think in John chapter 4 too, and that Jesus was led in by the Spirit into the mountain of, uh, to be what? To be tested by the who? The devil? <laughs> Even Jesus. And so you know if he was tested, come on. But God uses tests to grow your faith. 
That's how he does it. So if a person said to me, I want to grow in God, I want to grow in God, let me tell you something. Some of my best moments of growth, I'm being honest, have been when I've had to experience some tests, some hardships, some pain. I've grown, let me tell you something, I grew in leaps and bounds when I had to go through some things. This is how God does it. See, he says, this testing of our faith will produce patience. <laughs> patience so that when you go through something, you don't quit on God. How many know we need, a lot of us need patience? Because a lot of people, when they go through a hard time, come on, church, man, they'll, they'll, they'll quit on God. Oh, you, you won't say the words, but, but how many know the tree is known by his what? You can tell somebody staying with God by how they're living. Oh, come on, church. Says it will produce, watch this, it will produce patience. So, so, you, so you need patience. Why do you need patience? <laughs> because it takes a minute for God to clean us up. Come on, church. Oh, go, come on, come on. We, we need patience. See, we need to be patient with God because, because God is being patient with all the stuff that he got to work out of us. So your faith is being tested. Don't quit. Oh, it's hard. I'm going through this trial. No, stay the course. Stay right there. Stay faithful. Keep doing the things. Don't quit on God. Whatever you do, don't quit. Look at the name and say, don't quit. So we need patience. And then he says, let patience have its perfect, perfect work that you might be complete and lacking nothing. How many know that God wants to bring us to maturity? How do you define a mature Christian? I, I know there's a whole lot of different ways. Some would say uh, by how much Bible you know. Because some folk think because they know a whole lot of Bible, they, they are mature. How many know that you can, be, you can know a whole lot of scripture but be still a baby? Don't come talk to me about how much scripture you know. I never, I never, I never trip over people who know. You know, I talked about, I was talking about the other day, who like to throw out big words. I don't care about your big words, brother. How you living? See, how many know that the true measure of a mature Christian is are they living and acting like Christ? The more they are living and acting like Christ, the more mature they are. Not by how much they know. All right? Is your life reflecting the character of Christ? That's how you determine your maturity level. Not by whether or not you can win an argument. I learned this a long time ago. That I used to love to win arguments. <laughs> Gets me nowhere. People didn't get saved. In fact, I got people more upset. Because God won't end the arguments like that. No, God won't end that. God is into changing people who realize that they need help. And sometimes you got to let the Holy Spirit do what he has to do to bring people to the point where they see that they need help. So he wants us to be complete, mature, and lacking nothing. Why? Why, why am I this, play, this way? Be, because my life has, is, is identified with Christ. I am consumed with him. Therefore, I'm not lacking anything. How many know if you got Jesus in his power, you got everything you need? Everything that you need. That's why he says in 1 Peter 4.12, oh gosh, 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to test you, as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't, you, don't y'all just love the Bible? <laughs> it says, he said, don't think it's strange. In other words, he said, don't be shocked. Don't be like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to happen. 
All you need to know is God knew. How many know there's nothing that happened in your life that God didn't see before you saw it? He says, so, so he's telling us, he's telegraphing something to us. Beloved, do not think it's strange. It's not strange. In other words, here's what he's saying. Trials, get this. Are you still listening to say amen? Trials is par for the course. For those who are golfers know what I'm talking about. Trials for the Christian is par for the course. We're supposed to have challenges. We're supposed to have obstacles. It's par for the course. That's what Peter here is telling us. And then I like how he says it in John 15 too. This is the gospel of John 15 too. Listen to this. This is what Jesus says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. Watch this. And every branch that bears fruit, here it is, he prunes it mm, that it might bear more fruit. If there any gardeners in here, y'all, y'all know a little bit about pruning. Any gardeners in the house? Anybody like, any? we have no gardeners in here? Oh, man, I need to get back to the country. Jeez, metropolitan area. So, all right. But when, when, when you prune something, uh, you, you're cutting off stuff that's hindering growth. So you'll see gardeners sometimes when, 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 they're, when, they're, when they're trying to, to make a plant. I, I did it in my front yard. I got this Japanese maple in my front yard. And, and, and so it, it wasn't growing the way that I wanted it to grow, so I, so, so I started cutting it. And, and I remember my wife and my kids not too long ago. She you know what I'm talking about. They all jumped, came running out of the house. What are you doing? Why are you cutting the Japanese? What are you doing? I mean, I skimmed. I didn't like the way it was going. It didn't look right. And so I cut it down, and my wife and my family was in the uproar. What are you doing? I said, I pr- hold on. Wait a minute. Just watch. Two or three weeks later, they said, but I said, baby, you know the tree that you prune? Or no, they, they didn't use prune. They, the, the tree you cut, it's growing, looking pretty. How I many know that's what God does? And sometimes we say, hold up, God, wait a minute. No, 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 God, stop, stop, no, no, no. God said, hold on, let, let, me, let me cut this off of you. Because if you're going to grow, you got to get cut. See, if you got cancer in your body and, and, and you want to be, and you want the cancer out, how many know they got to cut you to get it out? Because when they get it out, now you're in a position that you can grow. How many know God's in the process of cutting some stuff off of you? And he's doing it through trials. Y'all are hearing it. He's doing it through trials. Let me tell you what he's cutting off. He's cutting off insecurity because some of you are terribly insecure. He's cutting off jealousy because some of you, you battle, you're struggling with jealousy. So what does God do? So God puts you in situations where he teaches you how to rejoice when other people succeed. He's cutting off anger. Yes. And so God will put the right person right in your past to draw the anger out of you. Why? Because he wants to cut it off. He's cutting off pride. He's cutting off racism. Because some of us, we're saved, but we're still living in it. And so God will put you in situations where there's somebody who have a different race so you can honor and show some respect and be delivered from racism. Hate. Rebellion. How many know God's going to cut off some rebellion? I mean, a lot of us don't know if we're rebellious until you get tested. 
Well, man, I, I obey. Yeah, you obey because you agree. Hey, what, what is that? We're in agreement. <laughs> yeah, of course, everything's going to be smooth. But what about when we disagree? Where your attitude at then? Oh, that's, oh, how many know God going to get you? Right there. So he's cutting off rebellion. He's cutting off greed. Some of us are in financial problems, trouble, because we're greedy for all the wrong reasons. Oh, pastor, I can't, I can't tithe. Of course you can't. Because greed has taken hold. Or we overspent. Or we managed. Let me tell you something. God, God worked, boy, God worked, did a number on me with that. And, and God knows how to bring you to a point where you get free. But the question is, if you're going to get financially free, you got you to listen. God's going to keep you in that. You can come up here, listen, and pray supernatural blessing, money fall from heaven, all that. I get it. Pray all that. But at the end of the day, until you learn how to steward what God gave you, you ain't going to see no real lasting increase. I'm just being honest. I told you, do you want me to be honest or you just want me to make you feel better? How many know stewardship is important to God? Say stewardship. Stewardship is important to God. God's cutting off lust. Someone's got a problem with lust. So God will put us in a situation where he can begin to cut off lust. And, 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 but, but how many know that, that, that a lot of times in order for God to do what he got to do and cut some stuff off of us, he got to show us ourselves. How many know that, that you can't really grow <laughs> until you deal with the real you? You can't grow until you deal with who you really are. Not what you say you are, but who you are. We all talk a good game. But it's, it's, see, see, God is about who we are and not who we say we are. That's what God is working in us. And so this brings us down to our foundational text. You know, it's kind of funny because I, as I was preparing this message, uh, I was so excited because there's so much here, and I was like, I got a foundational text, but I hope I get to it. That's kind of rare, you know, like, but here I am. So can you indulge me for about another five, seven minutes? Uh, uh, five, seven pastoral minutes. Can we do that? All right. Somebody say, watch this. Somebody say, watch out. Right. <laughs> so in Deuteronomy chapter 8, because we, we, we're going to do this. Deuteronomy chapter 8. So, so God now... Moses, the children of Israel, are about to come into the thing that God had been promising them, their land. And God is now going to reveal to them that all the stuff you went through, all the pain, all the hardship, all the trials, because there were some times when the children of Israel didn't feel like God was with them. How do we know? Because we talked about last week. They start complaining. Y'all remember number chapter 11? Give me some meat. Y'all remember that? We talked about that? There's, I'm tired of this manna. So all the while, God was strategically pruning them for some 40 years. In the, some 40, and you get upset when God pruned you for one. Try 40. <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking some intense pruning. So God now, he... He, he's, he's, so Moses is talking to the children of Israel. They get ready to go into the spot. So, so Moses now is going to bring some context to all that they have been going through. How many of you just want some context of what you're going through? Has anybody ever been there? Lord, just, just show me. Give me some context. Okay, we're going to help you with that right now. Now, 
First of all, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, it says God was the one who led them in the wilderness. Who led them? God. Watch this. It wasn't your boss. It wasn't your husband. It wasn't your wife. It wasn't your friend. It wasn't chance. God led them into the wilderness. Look at the name and say, this was the God thing. See, this was God's spiritual boot camp. See, many of us are in spiritual boot camp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And see, in order for God to cut some stuff off you, he has to put you to a trial, right? And he, he brings you into spiritual boot camp. That is, when, he, when the spiritual boot camp is designed to take away things that are not useful to the mission. So what God start doing, he got you in spiritual boot camp. So he start cutting off some stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know this, this one going to hurt right here. This going to hurt. Uh, hold, hold, hold tight. See, God will often take us through a process where he can begin to wean us off of a whole lot of stuff that we're relying on and trusting in other than him. That's the primary reason for spiritual boot camp. Are you really trusting God? What else are you trusting? God gave them a test. How many of you like tests? Verse 2 says, God says, that I, I, for 40 years in the wilderness to humble you. He said, look, you should remember your God led you. All the way, these 40 years in the wilderness, God did it for 40. Why? To humble you and to what? Test you. Test me. I mean, know that the God's test was to teach them to obey no matter how hard it got. God will place you in situations and he'll put you in pressure situations to see whether or not you would obey his word or not. How many know that Adam and Eve, they failed because the pressure came on, right? She saw the fruit. She said, look, this look good. I want it. And all of a sudden, her lust for that thing became more important than God. So what God does, God, here's what God does. God puts you in, in a position where, where he brings you through a test. That God is not testing you to fail you. How many know God is testing you to prove you that you got it? So God's test is to equip you so that you know that if you pass this, oh, now I can go to the next level because I passed that test. How many know Jesus did it time and time again? So this is what God's, this is what God does. So he put us through trials. He put us through the test to prove us, not to harm us. If a teacher is a good teacher, a teacher don't give you a test because they want you to fail. Am I right about it? Teachers give you, uh, uh, see, see, we need, some of us need, you haven't met some folks, I call them weird, that whenever it was time to take a test, that they would just be like super excited, like, like they couldn't wait, and then they would be the ones, you know, everybody, every, everybody had them, right? Then soon the test start, within two minutes, they always finish, they getting up, you're like, well, dude, what's up with that? How do you do that? I mean, before the test, I mean, it's two minutes, and they already finish, and then they get all A's. And, and you always see, there's this confidence, why is this confident? Because they know 
They know. I know this stuff. I'm going to pass this. I understand it. I got it. And so so how many know Christians, we need to be the same way. I got this. I'm going to pass this test. I'm excited. Bring it on. I'm ready because pastor been feeding me. I'm ready for this. Indulge me a moment. So God gave. It was God. God says, so how many know that your life is not on autopilot? God is strategically plotting a course for you. Oh, you didn't hear that. God is strategically. Some of you right now, you're in the valley of a, uh, 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 a kind of a wilderness where you don't really understand all that God is doing. See, whenever, whenever you find yourself in a situation where you don't know all that God is doing and you don't have clarity, stay where you're at and be faithful and do what he's already shown you to do. That's just wisdom. Do what he tells you to do. Don't go ahead of him. Don't walk behind him. Just stay what? With him. That was free. I just had to get that to you. But like in verse number three, the Bible says that God allowed them to go hungry. You hear the, we hear the voice of the little baby right there. Did not realize that he was going to be a part of my sermon today. But imagine you got all these babies, you got all these kids, and you got all these people, and, and, and people are crying out. There, and, 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 and God says, I let you go hungry. Now, God didn't starve him. He didn't kill him. He didn't kill him. How many know God is faithful? But there are times, nobody want to talk about this stuff. There are times when God will let you go hungry, and he will listen to you pout and cry. And say, God will, God will let you wait for a minute. Now, doesn't that seem cruel? I mean, how many like the Bible? It says, so God said, he let him go hungry. In other words, God heard him. He said, I got you. But, but, but why did he do it? God let them go hungry, watch this, so that they could trust in on him and not the food. Because we have a natural default. We trust in our pocketbook. We trust in stuff. And, and, and we have to really work hard to put our trust in God. And so the only way God's going to wean us off of ourselves and begin to depend on him is he left to, he have to deny us a little bit. He'll deny you some. Okay. You, you, I, I know this is what you want. I'm not going to give it to you right now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to make you wait for just a little while. Why? Because he said, I did it. So you know that man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen, church, God wants us to a place where we are totally dependent on him for everything. Everything. That you don't trip off of people. Your boss is not your provider. Your job is not your provider. Do you hear me? People are not your provider. I don't care how much they tell you they're doing. They ain't doing nothing. God is your provider. God is your source. And what God is saying, I'm going to let you go hungry because I need to teach you because you don't understand this. I need to teach you that I am your source. You won't know it until he puts you in a position where you got to keep looking up. Because how I many know that sometimes God will give you these trials? I, I believe one of the primary reasons God do give you trials is so that you keep looking up. Come on, church. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, boy, you know, ain't it easy to call out on the name of the Lord when everything's going wrong? 
Now, I, we see people come in and out of the church based on, I can always tell what, what's something happening. Well, when, when things get, now, I'm not fussy. Come to church. Please, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Come, come, come as you are. How did God get you here? Just come. But it's amazing. Man, when people, men are going through some stuff, boy, you start seeing them, and then soon they come in, they're like, what's, what's up? Oh, I've been going through it. Like, you know, I've been, our trials has a way of keeping you looking up. Oh, God. Oh, God. But, 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 but when you ain't going through a trial or a, a test, the, 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 the problem sometimes we have is, is that the stuff that God gives us, uh, you know, you, you know we, we, we begin to trust in that stuff. We, we, we kind of begin to, to look at that as being our foundation. And so God, what God does is God, God brings us through a trial. How many know Father knows best? See, he, he says, look here. He said, now look, he said in verse 11, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgment and statutes. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which there were fiery serpents, scorpions, thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water from for you out of a flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the latter end. See, God knows. I know you're thinking, God bless me with all kind of stuff. But how many know God knows you better than you know yourself? I like to pray. I say, this God, just give me what I need. I mean, that's a safe place. I don't, I don't know about you. I know some of y'all got a little faith in yourself. I don't trust myself. I, I have to put my trust in God. And so if God is saying here, listen, he says, beware. In other words, be intentional. Be careful. Because when God pours out a blessing, there's a tendency, if you're not careful, to say, well, you know, uh, you know, you know, because, hey, after all, God done blessed me. You know, I'll have, I'll, you, know, I, you know, sometimes the more stuff we get, how many know the, the more money we get, the more resources we get, the more stuff that we, we do, the more vacations we take, right? The more stuff we buy. Come on, y'all ain't talking to me. Yeah? See, you start to, the more, and, and after a while, you, you don't have little, you have little time for Bible study, prayer, and fellowship and with the saints and serving the community. You don't have no time for that, because, by the way, because God bless you with the vacations you Jamaica. You're going to be chilling. And, you know, you don't have all time. I mean, you're just too busy because all that stuff, you got to enjoy that stuff, right? It ain't nothing wrong with a vacation. Ain't nothing wrong with all that. But, but the problem is when that stuff become, consumes us to the point that we're missing out on the most important things, that's when you know you're in too deep. That's when you need to pull back and say, wait a minute. That's why you got to be intentional. Here's what I'm going to do. And for some of us who are blessed more than others, you got to be especially careful. Because the stuff God, how many know God will never bless you and give you anything that's going to keep you away from him and his purpose? Never. He ain't going to bless you that's going to keep you away from his people, from his purpose, and the things that are really important to him in life. He's not going to do it. So, why can we be thankful? Come on up, brother. Why can we be thankful? Why can we be thankful in trials? We can be thankful in trials because God is taking you someplace. 
I want you to understand something. And all this that, that was happening here in Deuteronomy chapter number 8, I want you to get all of this. This was, this was God saying all that stuff was to really prepare you and to do you good in the end. How many know that God wants to do us good in the end? You're going through a trial right now. That's okay. If your attitude stays where it needs to be, God is going to bless you. Pass the test. Don't quit. Don't give up. Learn what you need to learn and keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. I can be thankful in trials because I know that this is part of God's design to grow us in our faith. <laughs> I once heard a preacher say this. My, my old pastor said this one time. He says that we need to kiss our trials. He says, says, whenever our trials come, just give it a big, fat, sloppy kiss. Mwah! Why? Because those trials are going to take you to your destiny and your purpose. You can have confidence in this, that all that God is doing in your life, and he is working. Some of you right now, you've been, I don't know if God is working. Oh, yes, he is. He's working right where you are. He's working right where you are. Know this, that these trials, God is going to use to push you into places you never thought imaginable. The question is, are you going to stay the course? Or are you going to quit and give up? So we rejoice in trials. So we can be thankful in trials. I hope that having heard this message, that you will see it a little bit differently as God is working in your life to will and to do of his good pleasure. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.